0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network before we dive into this one, I want to quickly thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams, and now we've got a lot to discuss. I mean, it is typically a crossover Thursday here at Locked On, but the Rams obviously do not have a game this week. They are entering a bye week, which I think is coming at a really good time for the team. They are really struggling in terms of their performance over the past two weeks, so I've got a lot of tape study done. I've got a lot of number digging that I've done over the last few days, I guess you could say. And I've kind of concocted some plans here, and I want to share them on this episode in terms of how can the Los Angeles Rams go about fixing some of their issues? And I want to dive into the offense and the defense separately, so we're going to dive into those in different segments here. And I think we can begin with the offense, so I want to preface it by saying this is not like a crisis type of situation here, right? This offense is still very good for the most part. They've been very productive all season. It's just been two really bad stinkers in recent weeks, which have come on prime time against good teams or at least one good team. I don't know if we can necessarily say the 49ers are a good team. And so a lot of people are going to have that lasting memory and impression in their head. And I understand that the most recent games are the ones that matter the most in some aspects. So, you know, I want to quickly just say that, it's not all bad, but some of the numbers here that I've dug up, some of the things and ideas that I've kind of concocted here that I think will help this team. So first and foremost, I don't think that they need to run the ball a lot more often. A lot of people, a lot of fans have already said we don't run the ball enough. They need to run the ball more. But when you look at the numbers, they run 37.6% of the time. That's the run play percentage. That's 18th in the NFL. Like that's league average. That's not too low. That's not too high in my opinion. And that's really not the issue here. I don't think there's a, issue in terms of the balance between run and pass selection here. I think they've been very productive with how they've gone about it. They just need to be better at creating at the second level. And if you guys have listened to this podcast consistently over the last month or two, you've heard me come up with the idea that I think Daryl Henderson is just not as explosive as he's typically been. And I came up with a theory that I think he might have packed on a couple of extra pounds just to try and be more durable throughout the season. When maybe he saw Cam Akers go down with an injury, he knew that he'd be the next guy up. And instead of getting the ball 10 times a game or eight times a game, he's probably going to get it 20 times a game. So you want to be a little bit more durable. And one of the reasons I know that this is sort of actually checking out this season, you look at these two metrics here, and I think they kind of speak volumes for the Rams. They average 2.3 rushing yards after contact per attempt. That is 29th in the NFL. So not very good, obviously. And they average 1.6 rushing yards before contact per attempt, which is seventh in the NFL. So what those essentially mean is, The offensive line is creating really good run game production in terms of the seventh highest in the NFL before a running back is touched. But after they're touched and after they're made contact with a defender, they're not really able to create. And that goes for everyone in the backfield for the Rams this year. Obviously, that's Henderson and Sony Michelle to the largest degree. And I just don't think these guys are good enough in terms of creating at the second level right now. They're getting what they're given by the offensive line, which is great. It means the offensive line is doing a really good job at run blocking but they're not creating anything at that second level. Their missed tackles, forced numbers are low. Their yards after contact numbers are low. And I don't really know how they can solve this. I'm not really sure that they will solve this this season, but it's just a struggle. That's why they can't create any of these explosive runs, in my opinion. Like, yeah, they might get some 10, 15 yard runs. And we've seen that every now and again, but they're not getting any house calls there. They're not getting any 30, 40, 50 yard scampers like some of these other teams. You look at the explosive run percentage for the Rams. 11.9%, 16th in the NFL. So again, not bad. I don't think their running game is bad by any measure. It's just not elite. It's not like that 2018 version of the Rams that we used to see where Todd Gurley would literally take a game over half of which was the offensive lines doing half of which is his doing. And we've seen 60, 80 yard touchdowns, 30 yard touchdowns, 40 yard gains. We're not really getting that right now from this Rams offense. And I don't think that we really could ever expect it because I don't know how Henderson or Michelle can suddenly become more explosive or more creative at the second level. Don't really think that's going to happen, but as it stands right now, in my opinion, the balance between the run and the pass I think has been fine. The only issue has been that production in terms of taking solid six, seven, eight yard gains and not being able to turn them into 15, 20, 25 yard gains, because the difference between those two is really just making oftentimes one guy miss right at the second level, you're going to meet a linebacker or a safety or a cornerback even. And if you can make that one guy miss, you're going to turn that run into a double or triple type of gain, as opposed to really just getting, you know, a single type of hit as they say in baseball. And right now the Rams can't really do that at an effective level, which is not an issue. It's just part of the reason why they can't be more productive in the running game. You look at 4.0 yards per rush, That's okay, but it ranks 23rd in the NFL. That's not exactly very good either. Again, don't think they're exactly great in terms of the running game, but I don't think they're bad either. Now, moving into the passing game, and I think this is where a lot of the discussion has been driven and where I got some really interesting ideas and potential issues with what the Rams have done so far. And to begin, I think the passing game, I'm not going to knock it that bad. I mean, yeah, they've been bad the last two games, clearly. But before that, they were dominating defenses like this offense, and even including the last two games throughout the first 10 weeks, especially the passing game. They rank top one, two, three, five in basically every important metric from passing yards per attempt to yards after the catch to yards after the catch per reception and explosive pass percentage, EPA per play literally, everything you can imagine. Every important statistic they rank highly in. So You know, there's not that big of a concern. Again, the biggest thing and the biggest issue for the passing game is execute, right? That is the biggest theme here, and I know that's easy to say, but last game you saw a bunch of drops from guys that don't drop footballs. Tyler Higby drops one on third down. Cooper Cup drops one on third down. Two drives killed just like that. Then on a third and an eleven screen, Tyler Higby not only drops the ball, he throws it into the hands of a defender, and well seven points for the opposing team. So little things like that that are just shooting themselves in the foot and making it harder to produce. You know, Van Jefferson dropping a touchdown after he clears Josh Norman wide open. I mean, you can't drop that. You look at Matthew Stafford throwing a bad interception or two or three errant passes, inaccurate passes to Ben Skoranek. He might have had a touchdown in that game. He had a, another 15 or so yard gain. Stafford simply overthrows him. Like, it's a little bit of everyone trying to do too much and ultimately having a field rep here or there. And that's enough to essentially kill a whole drive. And as we saw, you know, the defense couldn't get off the field and then your offense can't stay on the field it's hard to produce that way, and I think the biggest issue there for those guys is execution, but in just a second here, we're going to dive into some of these interesting offensive numbers, how the O-line is performing, some of the personnel numbers, and what I think they can sort of do to mix and match a little bit, keep defensive coordinators on their toes. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at LockedOnRames and on YouTube at LockedOnRames, and for those that are listening to this podcast, a lot of you guys already do use this app. For those that aren't, you definitely need to get on it. It is an entirely free App called Get Upside, and they are giving you up to 25 cents cash back for every time you fill up on a tank of gas for every gallon, which is pretty crazy to say. A lot of you guys like to commute while listening to this podcast, drop your kids off at school, drive to work, whatever the case is. If that is you, you should absolutely take advantage of this offer. All you have to do is use the promo code Touchdown, and like I mentioned, it's entirely free. There's really no downside here. You can go get it on the App Store or Google Play, and not just that but you can get up to 50 cents cash back on every gallon of gas on your first tank with the promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can cash out anytime, straight to your bank account, to your PayPal account, in gift cards if that's how you prefer it. All you have to do, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank of gas. And now we can pick up with where we left off here, the passing game. This is an interesting discussion here because I've pulled up a lot of numbers and I think the very first thing that the Rams need to do here is just mix and match a little bit more often. They're getting quite stale in what they're doing here. And that's not to say that it hasn't worked or that it can't work, because I certainly think if they still want to go about it the same way, they can have production and success. But I definitely think if they find a way to incorporate a little bit different personnel packages, different formations, and different types of plays, they're going to ultimately see a lot more success because then defensive coordinators are going to have to sort of start mixing and matching their personnel, pulling guys off the field, bringing new ones in on the field and all these different things. So what I mean by that is you look at the Rams going in empty formations, which means nobody in the backfield, just everyone lined up out wide, basically five wide receivers. Let's call it, the Rams do that more than any team in football. 125 occasions, and the next closest was like 35 away. I mean, they weren't even close. The Rams are by far and away first. And I think it's getting stale. Like they need to do something else other than just go empty every single time. It's getting really, really frustrating to see consistently doing that, especially because Sean McVay never used to do that. Not with Jared Goff. Like it was very rare they did that in the past. Now with Stafford, it's like he can't stop doing it. I just don't understand why. Now, The offensive line has allowed them to do it, right? They're only third in pressures allowed, meaning third fewest, I should say, with 111. Like, they're playing great. And that's one of the reasons I feel really good about this offense moving forward is because we saw that game in Tennessee, and they looked awful, right? We all had concerns like, oh my God, is this offensive line regressing? Are they not as good as we thought they were? They are. They're really, really good. Their pass pro has rebounded, especially this past week against San Fran. I thought they did a really good job. And ultimately the numbers still tell us out of 10 games, nine of them have been really good. Maybe one of them just shoddy, you know? So in general, it's a big sample size at this point, And we know those guys are playing well. And as long as they play well, Stafford's going to have a chance back there to pick defenses apart. So I feel really, really good about that aspect. Now, pass play percentage, 62.4%. A lot of people say we're passing the ball too much. We're pa- that's 15th in the NFL. Like that's not that crazy high. There's 14 teams that pass the ball more than the Rams. Like that's not crazy. I mean, it's pretty much right in league average. So there's no issues there at all either. In my opinion, you don't have to run the ball more often. You don't have to pass less. They're still good in passing. They rank second in explosive pass percentage. Like that's good. The reasons I think they can sort of adjust here or where they can adjust. You look at the play action percentage, right? The Rams always used to run play action. They loved play action more than any other team in the NFL. Now that is not the case. They rank 27th in play action percentage at only 23.1%. So there's only four or five teams that run play action fewer or less than the Rams. That in my opinion is just not good. You want to get some of those defenders moving in different ways. Like it's going to be a lot more simple if you get under center or even in shotgun, you can run play action, but Especially if you get under center, start to run some of that play action and get linebackers to suck up, get them to step up. Take one false step is all it takes in the NFL. And you're going to open a lot more downfield passing windows in that intermediate type of area in the middle of the field where the Rams love to attack that 10 to 15 yard sweet spot. That's where Jared Goff made all his money from 2017 to 2020 He was throwing digs to Brandon Cooks, to Sammy Watkins, to Robert Woods. Like all these guys were feasting off of those types of plays and concepts. And now the Rams don't do it at all. And I'm not really sure why, because that is the easiest way to make a game simple, as they say, for a quarterback, right? You don't want to always put everything on Stafford's shoulders, but feels like Sean McVay is sort of doing that right now. And again, I'm not knocking him too bad because there's a lot of guys that are open on the field and Stafford has had a lot of success finding them. Sometimes they drop the ball. Sometimes Stafford's maybe a little bit inaccurate. Sometimes maybe the O-line doesn't give him enough time. So it's not like the concepts and the schemes aren't working. They need to execute better and then they'll work better. But I do think they can still incorporate a little bit of different stuff here. And play action is one of the biggest things going under center that will change, I think, the dynamic of this offense. It's going to make teams defenses, for example, instead of lining up five wide, that means you probably have seven dbs out there right you're probably either nickel or dime or whatever if the rams go under center and they start to play a little bit more 12 personnel that kind of thing well teams then have to change and match their personnel as well right then they have three linebackers out there instead of one in nickel or in dime and that changes the way a defense plays and i think the rams can have advantages in those types of areas like a guy like tyler higby he's underutilized in this offense. And I know that's weird to say coming off of maybe his worst game in his career. Like I said, it was uh, but this guy can beat linebackers. No questions asked like consistently. So I think there's ways they can incorporate different things here and sort of trend a little bit closer to what they used to do. I don't think they should go full fledged that way. I mean, I hated that bootleg offense. I thought it was so condensed, so boring and so safe. Like they weren't doing anything good last year on offense do what you do now for the most part, but still mix and match a little bit, get under center a little bit, make the game for Stafford a little bit simpler. You look at his very first drive with the Rams, he goes under center, runs a play action bootleg, and he launches a deep pass to Van Jefferson for a 70-yard touchdown. Like These are things that, for some reason, they're just not doing anymore. And I just touched on it a little bit as well. It's getting stale in terms of they're running 11 personnel out there 87% of the time. That is first in the NFL by a long shot. 12 personnel, and I should probably break this down as well. 11 personnel means three receivers, one tight end, one running back, which is what they do the most. 12 personnel means two receivers, two tight ends, and one running back. And we know that they run this less now with Johnny Munt injured and out for the season. But they only run 12 personnel 12.2% 12. of the time. That's 29th in the NFL. So they just do not mix or match things at all. I mean, it's 11 personnel all the time. It's five wide, empty or, you know, maybe a running back coming back into motion in the backfield, just to block all the time. And it works. It works a lot. They've had a lot of success. Like I mentioned, they ranked near the top, if not at the top at every single category in the passing game, but there's ways to change this, right. And defenses are going to continue to key in on what you're doing. And that's why they've had less success recently is because now teams have 10 weeks or, you know, had eight weeks at the time or nine weeks at the time last week of game tape to prepare for. And the Rams consistently do the same thing over and over and over again. And so defenses can adjust and start to expect certain things. And, you know, now with the bye week, you have a good time to start to install different kinds of packages and different kinds of concepts and ideas. And these are all things that are in the playbook. It's not like they have to teach new things. I just think they have to sort of adjust how they want to attack defenses at times and know, especially in game when you're trying to do something and you do it 10, 15, 20 times and it doesn't work there's a time to adjust. Like don't just keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. It didn't work in week nine against the Titans. It didn't work in week 10 against the 49ers get Stafford under center at that point, halfway through the game, if it's not working and change it up and have some success that way. So those are certainly some of the things that I think they can work on, on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense I think has their issues as well. Maybe more so than the offense, in my opinion, In just a second, we're going to dive into what I think they can do to try and fix some of their performances on that side of the ball. As always, thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams podcast. Now, make sure to keep tuning back in for tomorrow's episode, for the Mailbag Friday episode, and going into next week when we continue to update you on everything on your Los Angeles Rams. Now, a lot of you guys know I like to bet. We do like to bet around here at this podcast. Now, You can go take advantage of some of those offers at betonline.ag. They're back and they are better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So, so go ahead to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is locked on to receive that bonus from football to basketball to baseball, which is down now, but NHL, boxing, UFC, even right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Make sure to take advantage right now of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for always making us your first daily listen here for your second daily listen. Go check out Locked On Bets. They are your number one daily stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now let's pick up on the other side of the ball. We talked about the offense plenty. We actually dedicated two whole segments. Now it's time for the defense. And I think for the defense, it's probably a little bit less of a schematic type of thing as opposed to the offense, which felt a little bit more schematic for the defense. I think it's a lot more personnel based, meaning the players like get the right players on the field in the right situations. And maybe that's easier for me to say behind this camera or, you know, on my couch when I watch football than it is for Raheem Morris, who's in game, but they need to just figure out their best players and play those guys because the secondary I think is mixing and matching right now. And it's not making any sense. Your top three corners, let's call it what it is. It's Jalen Ramsey. Darius Williams and Dante Dion. These three need to be out on the field 100% of the time. Forget the David Long experience. Forget the Robert Rochelle experience. These guys have proven they're not up to the task this season. And that's not to knock them. They're solid guys, I'm sure, and they can develop, right? That's kind of the point here. You leave them on the bench and try to develop these guys, but play your three best corners. No questions asked. They should be out there 100% of the time. And I think that will help solve some of the issues here in the passing game. The safety spot. Kind of a similar thing. Jordan Fuller, I talked about, I think is butting into a star player here. He is really, really taking a step in his development. I think he's a fantastic player. Needs to be out there 100% of the time. The guy next to him is where I think they can sort of rotate. Taylor Rapp, he brings certain things to this defense. He has a skill set and a talent and the ability and the talent to produce in certain areas. Like this guy can play around the line of scrimmage. He's a good tackler. He's good in third and long situations. He's a good rat kind of zone defender there, but he cannot play man coverage against receivers. There is not a chance in hell he cannot play man coverage against slot players. That's not his role either. If you want to utilize a guy like that, trot out Terrell Burgess. That is exactly what he did at Utah in college. And those were his best reps. I've talked about this many times on this podcast, especially in the off season yes, Terrell Burgess can play single high safety. Yes, he can play two high safety. Yes, he can do a lot of these different things, dime backer. But his best reps in college was when he lined up in the nickel spot and played nickel cornerback. Like He has that kind of capability. They call it a safety nickel. We've seen guys do it in the NFL a lot of times, like Malcolm Jenkins, for example. He made a career doing this where he'll line up as a safety on first and second down. And then in third down, he'll kick down and play nickel cornerback. Like, There's guys that do this, and the reason they do that is because they're capable of doing it. The versatility allows you to do different things on the back end there, and Burgess is a guy that we've all been clamoring for. We all want to see him out there. You look back to this last game, Taylor Rapp allowed all three of his targets for 65 yards and a touchdown in man coverage. He cannot cover slot receivers, so do yourself a favor and put the guy out there that can, and if you want Taylor Rapp to be back out there on rundowns and in those run-type situations, then you can swap them. Like There's no issue with swapping players. You should mix and match your personnel based off of what you want to do. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it 100% of the time like that because otherwise offenses know exactly what you're going to do, but do it a little bit. Let's find out what the answer is here because clearly that was not it. I mean, that was not successful at all. That is not where you want Taylor Rapp. That is not where he's best at. I think he knows that. I think everyone else knows that too. That's why Jalen Ramsey is on the sidelines barking at Raheem Morris. He's he agitated. He's irritated. He's upset. Like this guy is giving 120% every single snap and it's his unit. The secondary it's getting toasted snap after snap. It's Robert Rochelle. One snap it's David long. The other snap it's Taylor in coverage. The other snap. Sometimes it's Darius Williams. Like we need to figure out what the best course of action is here. And I think I've sort of laid it out in terms of the personnel. Look at some of the numbers. Some are maybe concerning. Some are just interesting to talk about. 129 plays with a blitz. That's fourth in the NFL. Does that change with Von Miller in the thick of things here now? Maybe they can get home a little bit more often with four man pressures. Maybe not need to bring, you know, a linebacker or a safety or a corner Jalen Ramsey on a blitz that often. I hope the Rams kind of dial that back. They're blitzing a little bit more than I would like for them to the stunts. I mean, 140 plays with a stunt that ranks second in the NFL. I think that's part of the reason why Aaron Donald's not having as good of a season as he's had in the past. You see some of these reps where he'll start here in this B gap as a D tackle and he'll stunt all the way across the formation. And by the time you make it there, I would second and a half has already passed. Two seconds have already passed. The quarterback is about to get rid of the ball. You're not going to have enough time to get home. And I mean, it's kind of taking him out of the play and it's not really bringing anyone else into the play. And that's just not doing him a service. And I think that's part of the reason why his numbers are down too. So maybe we'll see a little bit less stunting, a little bit more, you know, Vaughn, go get this guy. AD, go against these two guys. Leonard Floyd, go against it. You know, we'll see if adding a Hall of Fame talent, a guy who can still rush the passer, is going to change anything for the Rams moving forward. Then you move on to the issue here. <laughs> and we've talked about this. I feel like ad nauseum. We've all seen it this past uh, week, especially getting off the field and this kind of ties into the corners and to the safeties and all this stuff getting off the field, right? The Rams average 6.3 plays per drive against on the defensive side of the ball. That is 29th as in the third worst or the third highest in the NFL, 6.3 plays on average. They're out there for every drive. That is a lot 29th. They have to find a way to get off the field. And in terms of a whole game, 65.8 average offensive plays per game against that's 26th. So six ties in the NFL, like they need to find a way to get off the field. If it's from drive to drive, or if it's just a game in totality, they're out there too much. And part of that is on the offense as well, right? Because this offense is not a, let's go three, five, six yard, four yard, six yard gains. They're a let's go for a 47 yard gain and a touchdown right out the get go, which is going to essentially force the defense back out on the field, right? They're going to just play more by virtue because that's how the offense is. They're explosive, which is a good thing. But at the same time, they're not doing themselves a service by getting off the field either. Like they're just continuously letting people have successful play after play and giving up cushions and letting them convert. I mean, you look at some of the plays that I watched on tape last game, Second and eight, Robert Rochelle's lined up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And it was an easy conversion. It was a 20-yard gain because he breaks a tackle. I think it was Brandon Ayuk. That's extending drives. Like, you're 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. It is the easiest completion you're ever going to get in your life. And Jimmy Garoppolo knew it right off the snap, looks to his left, throws it in. Ayuk doesn't drop it. Boom, just like that. Another conversion. Another three plays at least. So they need to just get a little bit more physical, a little bit tighter in their coverage, a little bit more risky. Maybe even I know they're always going to prioritize not letting the big play behind and they should, but at some point it's like, you're either going to die by a thousand paper cuts or you're going to die by a long ball. Like you got to choose one or the other. And right now you're getting diced up by a terrible quarterback and a terrible offense in the 49ers. That is not acceptable. So we'll see how they adjust moving forward. The successful plays allowed metric. I have to figure out exactly how this one works But the Rams have 250 successful plays allowed this season. That is 31st, as in the second most in the NFL. Now, I don't know what constitutes a successful play. That might be a five-yard rush and a 10-yard pass. That might be based off of the down and distance. So if it's, you know, third and 10, it might be a 10-yard plus pass or a 10-yard plus rush versus if it's first and 10, it might be a five-yard rush. Not 100% sure. I'll have to get that clarified for sure. But ranking 31st, in successful plays allowed as in second most, that is not good. I know that's not good. And I don't even need to know what the metric is there. That is too much. And that's why they're on the field so often. I talked about how they can sort of go about changing that in the cornerback room, the safety room, mix up your matchups there in the Terrell Burgess type of role, get him out on this field. He can be very useful to you, fix your cornerback room. And the last thing is the linebackers, the off ball linebackers, Troy Reader. He is unstartable right now, in my opinion. And that's not to knock on him. He's not just terrible. Like he flashed a little bit against San Fran. He had a tackle for loss or two where he looked really good, knifing into the backfield. But this guy doesn't bring much to your defense. He cannot play in coverage. The Rams know that. That's why they take him off the field in coverage and bring on Ernest Jones. But I just don't think he's a startable player at this point in time. Where can the Rams fix that or how? I'm not sure if they have a guy on their roster that they feel comfortable starting at some point at linebacker. Might that be a Trayvon Howard? Might that be a Christian Roseboom? I'm not certain. You know, I don't really know, but I know that Troy Reader is not a good football player right now. He is not startable. I think he's a weak spot. Defenses know it. That's why they're throwing at the middle of the field. Jimmy Garoppolo knew it. That's why he threw at George Kittle. That's why he threw at the middle of the field to Debo Samuel and some of these other guys. He knew that his best matchup was going to be where Troy Reader was, where Ernest Jones was, where Taylor Ratt was, where Robert Rochelle was. And he took advantage of all of those. And he produced a good game and obviously won the football game. So the Rams need to just find ways to highlight where they're weak, find ways to fix that. And I think a lot of that just comes back to personnel. I'm not even gonna rag on Raheem right now and say, you know, his scheme is terrible and this and that. I think there's ways to improve that as well. But in general, they're not doing anything that different. Like they're lining up in, you know, bare fronts where they're going to have guys lined up at three tech. Another one lined up at zero tech head on, on a center. They're lining up five across the line of scrimmage. So a lot of the same stuff that they did last year, a lot of cover four, a lot of cover six. Uh, But this year is a little bit different. They're running a little bit more cover three and they just don't have the personnel right now to match up or stand up. And I think part of that has to fall on Raheem Morris, not just the scheme. He needs to know best where his guys are successful and where they can't hold up. And he needs to know by this point in the season, who are his best players. Who's going to give him the best chance to succeed. And ultimately the Rams have an entire week right now to figure that out before they come out of the bye and get ready for a very explosive offense in the green Bay Packers. So hopefully they have a better plan on offense defense. I'm saying they probably will come out a little bit better, but Hey, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a tough game and ultimately the Rams still got a lot of time to figure things out. So as of right now, you know, there's some question marks, but I think maybe looking back in a week, two, three weeks, we're going to all sort of settle down and ultimately notice that they did make some adjustments and they will and they should be fine moving forward throughout the rest of this season now that's going to do for this episode of the locked on rams podcast thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen continue to do so throughout the rest of the week at our mailbag friday episode and then going into next week when we start to dive into this next game between the rams and the packers as always you guys can follow us on twitter at qbs mep at locked on rams and on youtube at locked on rams Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.